All right, so should I host? Um, are we not going already? I don't know. Uh, hi, everybody. W- welcome to the Spodcast. I'm Josh. Are we actually recorded? We are I, recording. I mean, I am. We I are hit the record button. legitimately recording from two different sources. Three if you count my Audacity recording. But that's only for me. That's my intro to the episode. Yeah. Just not high or anything, just, are we recording? Studio executive that walks into the booth and is sort of like (laughs) looking around confused, like, are you actually doing this? Are we paying you for a show that goes on the air? This is real life. Looking for that check you were supposed to write me? We have no agenda for this show whatsoever right now. Uh, we, we've been sitting here for like 10 minutes and having a bunch of conversations that we were saying like, this should probably be, actually be in the podcast. So we started recording at some point and here we are. Um, I, I don't know if we want to do a really lame stilted recap of what the fuck we've been talking about. Uh, at one point I made fun of campster's name campster by calling him CompuServe, And then I was like, Hey, does CompuServe actually exist? And just typed CompuServe.com into my URL bar, and sure enough, there's a CompuServe website that's still there, and this thing is, like, from Web 1.0 2001. Like, what the fuck is this website? Also, despite the fact that it's, like, that I went to the domain name CompuServe.com, the actual URL is webcenters.netscape.compuserve.com slash menu. Um, CompuServe mail. I can create a CompuServe mail account, um, get a free username, and... It sounds like you're advertising CompuServe. Well, I mean... Would anybody advertise, well, we... advertise CompuServe? Okay, so let's create your account. Put your first name and last name in, and then you pick a username, and then at the end of the username is at AOL.com. Is AOL CompuServe? How long has this been a thing? Was this always Can thing? we take Ludo Narrative Dissidence at AOL.com? Oh, shit. I can't imagine anyone owns prob- that. Well, you never know. At Ludo Narrative Dissonance at CompuServe.net. Zone. Anyway, um... CompuServe was sold to AOL in 1997, so it's been like this for literally 20 years, Josh. Really? I guess I kind of forgot that AOL existed after I switched away from AOL in like 2004, 2003, when my parents like finally fucking got high-speed internet, broadband internet, as we called it in the day, Um, and that was like... Three or four years after broadband internet became a a real, like, mainstream thing because my parents were just, like, super cheap and wanted to spend money on an AOL subscription plus a second phone line instead of just getting DSL for, like, $25 a month. That's actually another fun story because we moved to Pennsylvania and that's when we got cable internet, but it wasn't real cable internet. Like, and this was Was from... the carrier pigeons? It was... You know, it felt like it sometimes. This is from the the very first cable like company in the U.S., but it wasn't real cable internet because what would what it was was we got download that was cable speed, but our upload was through di- it was through dial up basically. So you actually had to still dial in. You still had to have like that second phone line. Uh, 
and then you got like dial-up upload speeds and DS and and like 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 early cable download speeds, so like three to five megabits per second download speeds, uh, and it was like this weird, bizarre zombie of a system. And we had that for a year until we moved to a different house, and then we got like actual cable internet. God, I wish I could remember what the name of the company was that did it. I'm sure someone in the comments can CompuServe. figure it out. Like, it wasn't CompuServe. Comcast. It also wasn't Comcast. Time um, Warner. No, it wasn't any like the big co- name companies that you think of in terms of like cable right now. Cox, Charter, Xfinity. Nope. You know, I'm looking up a list of cable providers, and apparently there are 480 cable providers in the U.S., and I don't understand how that is possible. That is a weird figure. That, are people going to care I about... Not believe. I have no idea. That's a good question. We're going off the rails, Do people man. care about anything that we say? Like, apparently <laughs> so. Know. So, we should probably talk about video games on our on our video game podcast. I don't know. That's never been our great real house. We've always been better talking about, like, pizza or something. Oh, my God. Don't uh, that's get me when started. we have Rutz, uh, Rutzkar in to, like, argue about pizza. Del Taco now delivers to my house. I actually ordered some Del Taco yesterday. As, as someone on the Is East this Coast, spo- this is means sponsored by Del Taco. I wish. Like, could they pay me in Del Tacos? I've kind of, I've kind of uncovered this weird like new leaf where I, I actually really like Del Taco, and it's one of the places that I go to most often when I go to fast food. But that's also weird because I spent like four years teasing Rutzkarn about liking Del Taco, so I'm confused and conflicted about this. Are there any fast food restaurants that I have that you don't? Because you're on the West Coast, so you get all the, like the Jack in the Boxes and the and the Del Tacos. I don't have any of that. I don't think we Isn't have a White Castle. Do you have Carl's Jr.? I have Carl's uh, Jr. On the West Coast, it's Carl's Jr. I have Hardee's, but they're the same company. Uh- Right. Yeah. I don't know how you guys have this complicated system of things. We do not have... We have neither Tim Hortons nor Dunkin' Donuts. I'll say that much. We don't have I Dunkin' don't have Donuts a lot. I don't think. But you I have, have like, Donuts. way more a thing. Yeah. I mean, like, I have a... Um, I have had an In-N-Out that has been, like, six miles away from my house from the beginning that I moved here. Like, so... You know, as far as hamburgers go, I'm set. Although nobody's... I don't know if I, I don't know if I actually have any Five Guys. Maybe I do, but I I don't have any that are like so close by that I've noticed them when driving. Shake around. Shack, Shake Shack is an East Coast. Um, yeah, I've got a couple a Five Shack. Guys, but the nearest like one is like thing. ten miles oh. away. Well, that was my best guess. I mean, I have a I... lot of Southern places that I know Josh probably doesn't have. Vegas also has three Shake Shacks, but the nearest one is like Las Vegas Boulevard. So, but that's like, a specialty that's, item. That's fifteen miles away from me, so that's that's kind of nuts. I think that's just like a special thing for that specific area, though, right? Or are they now just uh, making Shake Shacks? There's also it? one down in Henderson where all the rich people live, and one along the Beltway, which is actually probably closer to me, but. Um, the Beltway is like so, the the highway that circles the entire city. I know you don't have Bojangles. That's that's a southern, southern East Coast thing. 
Bojangles don't sound like a Bojangles. No, I have no Bojangles. Doesn't sound like a food thing. It's it's a fried chicken place, a southern fried chicken. We've got a series of them. There's there's Bojangles, there's churches, there's Popeyes, I guess is more Louisiana leaning, but We even have that. Yeah, I think that's like the only national chicken. chicken place that isn't Chick-fil-A. I I actually have um what is this? 8 Church's chickens in Las Vegas. Really, but they're all like towards wow. the, that was more... the southeastern side of the city. So, like, I thought that was more of a southern, southern eastern coast thing. Well, I know Bojangles is the only place. We're the only place that has that. Is the southern southeast of the states. Um, trying to think if there's anything else because I know there's like local food, fast food restaurants that you don't have like char grill and cookout, but nobody has those. Those are like there's seven locations total here. Um, I don't know. I, I can't think of anything. Anyway, that's fast food. I'm yeah. very excited to try some of the West Coast stuff because I'm going to TwitchCon. There's a oh, thing. Oh. So that'll be my first time uh, at the West Coast at all. So I got to try everything. What city is it in? Long Beach. I don't know where Long Beach, California is. I don't know if that's northern that's, or southern that's, California. That's like L.A. It's, the south. It, it's south of L.A. Um, that's my grandparents live very close to Long Beach. Well, that's cool. I I don't think I know any specific good places to eat anywhere near there, but I just want to eat the garbage food. I don't like you know. I want to have the. Well, that's all of America. I know, but I don't get to always have garbage food. Like you know, I'm not in America all the time. So I'm just, I I want good stuff, but I want bad stuff, too. Josh, recommendations for someone going to the West Coast? Um, There's a place that we always go when I go down to my grandparents' house. Uh, It's in, like, smack dab in the middle of L.A. Uh, um, We call it Philippi's, but I'm pretty sure that's wrong, and I think it's supposed to be called Philippe's. Uh, It's French dip sandwiches. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) That's cute. And they've been there for like a hundred years. And, uh, and you know, you they have like the, the like cement. Fl- it's like in a basement and they've got like the cement floors that like have like have peanut shells in the, you know, kind of. It's like an old school sort of like sandwich shop kind of place. Um, and they do like uh, French chip sandwiches and like coleslaw and that kind of stuff. Uh, and that place has always been good. The title card here, when I look it up in Google, is Landmark Home of the French Dip Sandwich, so. I never realized how far-reaching your mispronunciation of French words really was outside of Kona. But now I am starting to understand. You can blame my family for it. We are, Well, like, then it extends beyond you. 100% British and maybe a little bit of German. Um, no French whatsoever, as far as I'm aware. Anyway, TwitchCon. Um, so what do you plan to do there? Well, um, I'm going on a research grant, um, like a gaming research grant. So um, I'm going to try and get some interviews in, um, seeing what I can do, you know, maybe step, step um, talking to like, um, what's it called? The Any Key stuff and like talking to a lot of the women there and... Um, because I'm doing like a pres, this is not very exciting at all, but it's it has to do with like 
professional streams and stuff, and it's a research thing. And it'll be mostly cool. work, but I hopefully will have time to uh, see the sites and like go to the parties and meet up with like my stream people and you know because I do know a lot of like different people on from Twitch that I'm gonna like probably meet for the first time. So that'll be really really cool and surreal because you're like used to seeing them on the camera. When is or exactly? like even users? Um, October twentieth. 21st so it's coming out like I is could, it gonna like, be spoopy and the Halloween thing is i live five mile, like five hours away from la i could potentially like go down there and hang yeah. out if you wanted yes and uh yeah. like, I, mean, I wouldn't even have to deal with like having a place to stay because uh i've got a bunch of family down in la and i could you know hang out at my grandparents ridiculous Three and a half million dollar home. I want oh. a ridiculous home. You sound like that's a bad thing. Uh, it's you know it's like my family is weird. Um, you know it's a bunch of rich people who don't realize they're rich. <laughs> um, and my grandparents got this house on uh. Balboa Island, which you can look up on Wikipedia and see the kind of like nonsense, ridiculous house prices are there. But they got it in like the 70s, back before the place was so ridiculously expensive to buy on and develop on. Um, and, you know, my uncle owns the family business and has a really nice house somewhere in the suburbs and like stuff like that. But, oh, we're not really, like, upper class. I'm wagging my fingers in an exaggerated uh, air quotes motion here. Um, and it's weird, because, like, my my parents and my family is, like, kind of... Rem- like, we didn't ever really live out there while I... Like, after I was born, we were there for, like, nine months total of my life. I've lived in L.A., um... So, like, I've been kind of isolated from that. But, like, everybody who lives in L.A. are, like middle class or higher and it's a weird sort of of culture class to go back there and like go like oh yeah you guys have this three and a half million dollar like property and that's just like well whatever that's where we live you should come yes it'll be spooky spooky they're they're doing a party on the queen mary and it's gonna be ghost ship themed Ooh, campster will wish he was coming so it is Halloween themed. I'm excited. Yeah. And we can drink the bourbon together. Yes, bourbon. Anyway, it sounds cool. I'm going down and doing like a research project. Is it like interviewing for a paper or is is are you like trying to gather any sort of like actual mathematical statistics? Um, I think it would be too complicated because I'd have to get research ethics to do that, but I can do things like the general sense of like people I talk to is blank, you know. So I can kind of work around. Yeah, no, because it doesn't fun. have to be empirical data. Yeah. Have you talked to Rutz about this at all? Because he also lives in L.A. No. Me? Are you asking me? Yeah, you. Oh, I, mean, I didn't know that. Is he? <laughs> Yeah, no, no, he lives in L.A. He used to live, He used to go to college, like, in Irvine, which is 
literally right next to where my grandparents' house is. Um, I, I first met him at a Del Taco in Irvine, actually. That's how it all connects. Yeah, exactly. It always goes back to the fast food. We didn't even, like, eat anything there. We just, like, picked the Del Taco as the place to meet. (laughs) The safe meeting place of people. Yeah. Who don't. So when you say you've never been to the West Coast, do you mean, like, you've never even been to, like, Vancouver? No, I've never been to the West Coast of Canada either because it's really expensive to go. It's cheaper to, for us to travel to the United States. Really? Well, I mean, like, yeah. uh, like the U.S. border is kind of right there for you, but... Yeah, but it's like in, in the U.S., it's really cheap to fly within the country. And it, that's not so much the case in Canada. Even short huh. distances. That's interesting. Yeah, it's so, they're working on it because they actually realize it's a problem, but... So do your cheapest, like, trans-Canadian flights end up, like, going south into the U.S. and, like, flying over the Midwest and then going back up to Vancouver? Oh, I don't think it would ever work out that way. I don't think they charge by the airspace, Josh. Well, because it might be a lot of transfers to do that. Yeah, that's true. Um, and you got to deal with, like, regional headquarters centers stuff with various airlines. And the worst so, part uh, about it is that train is also expensive. Is, well, we don't is really, there a that's not really an option in the States. train in Canada? You could take the train across Canada. Wow, yeah, that's... We don't do that here in this country. Like... We have Amtrak, but it's you don't want to use Amtrak. <laughs> you super don't want to use Amtrak. Um. So is is TwitchCon set up sort of like VidCon is for YouTube? I, I know VidCon has sort of like three layers where there's like the fan layer where everyone gets together to see all their favorite YouTubers and sort of meet up and celebrate their fandom. And then there's like the second tier, like the next story up where it's all the creators meeting and doing seminars about how to create YouTube videos and harness an audience and all that stuff. And then there's sort of the third tier above that where like all the people in suits and marketing guys try to get together and figure out how to, you know, manipulate YouTube and and maximize their advertising revenue by, uh, or the value for their advertising um, dollar by figuring out how to, you know, get influencers to push their product. Is that kind of how TwitchCon is set up? Or have you, I mean, I, I guess you haven't been, but. Yeah, so I, I've never been to any sort of like, not like, like no industry con, basically, like this before. But from what I understand, there are a lot of those um, panels and workshops and things. Um, and I'm sure there's like a corporate level that I really don't see very publicly through the stuff materials I've seen. Um, and then, yeah, the fan section, but then there's also this partner lounge area. So like there's an exclusive like part of the con that I guess no one else can get into except for people who are partnered on Twitch. Uh, and I'm sure that's going to be a little different this year because they have affiliates now. So they have like another level on top of it. So I'm very interested in seeing like the dynamics between like the hierarchies you know, like how partners act versus how affiliates act versus right. how like fans act. Well, 
like for someone who the Twitch ranks are completely inscrutable, like which is is higher on the hierarchy, affiliates or partners? Partners. Okay, so the affiliates are like the free people who are like kind of like second wave partners. You could almost say like the the right, YouTube but like lower requirements. Like. Um, yeah, the YouTube people who didn't get in on the initial, like, um, oh, you have the magic ability to have longer than 10 minute videos back when we didn't have a system for that. Sort of, yeah, except partners get more things. Mm -hmm. And affiliate is like, doesn't have the sort of status or like badges and you, um, don't get featured like on the front page if you're not a partner, like all these other things. Because affiliate, you only need like seventy-five followers, so versus yeah. the like thousands you need for a partner. Didn't you recently get um, some kind of partnership with regards to Warframe or something along those lines? Yeah, it's like a really interesting community um, group where you essentially get status as a partner, um, either if you have a Twitch or YouTube account. Um, and meet their specific requirements for, like, followers and, like, numbers of videos and stuff. Um, and in turn, you get the partner status, and they give you um, in-game items, like, that you would have to pay with, like, currency mm. right away. Mm. Um, you get, like, a profile picture, and you get invited to special, like, stream events. It's really cool. It's, like, a nice community thing. Me, I'm sitting here with the Twitch Lightning Bolt logo as my uh, avatar, and and constantly yeah, we need to pimp to out the spoiler the, warning. The, yeah, we really do. Constantly forgetting to change the game I'm playing to the game that I'm actually playing versus the game I yeah. was playing two months ago. At least it was changed from E3. Yeah, is there a reason to do that? By the way, as someone who doesn't stream almost ever. To do what? Other than searching. To change the game that you're listed as playing. Like, does Twitch get angry if you don't do that? Can I just leave it as blank? Like, is it um, for discoverability? I don't think they get is... angry. I think it's for discoverability. And I think probably to make sure that you're playing what you say you're playing. So, like, you, if you're playing, like, um, Diablo, but you're actually on the, like... Overwatch channel or something like that. They they kind of not don't like that. Yeah. But yeah, I I if you have it just blank, like you can't do private streams though. So I wonder how that would work. I kind of find it interesting that that's not a thing that they allow. Like at yeah. some point they they never decided like, hey, what if you wanted to just do private streams to particular people? Like I've been thinking about like I want to revamp the the spoiler warning patreon system i think i mentioned this on twitter um and you know add more well any kind of rewards for people uh you know who are interested in really supporting us um and you know private streams is one of the things that like comes up as the thing like hey what if you did one of those and like that would be interesting but i have no idea how to do that like we could try to do like google hangout but that's not really the same thing as our normal content um and 
like a private stream on Twitch would be like like the best way to do that is just make another account and then hand out the URL to specific patrons and hope that nobody leaks it anywhere. Uh, and if they do, then you have to like fucking reset the system, and that's a big hassle for everybody. You know. Oh, by the way, here's the new private stream link because somebody else fucking left it out, and, and you know, if somebody's this is why interested I'm... in really leaking this kind of stuff, then you got to figure out who it is. I'm really curious to see what Discord ends up doing with their um, video chat and screen sharing stuff, because if that is robust enough, that yeah. would be a really cool way to have, like, a private stream. Um, obviously, that won't work for, like, if you're PewDiePie and you have a private stream of 400,000 people, but, like, if you're if you're a modestly sized YouTuber who wants a private stream of, like, 40 to 50 people, um, I would hope that the Discord would be able to do that without with minimal lag and decent visual fidelity. And, and image quality, and if they could do that, um, that would be really cool. I, I, I could see that being a really cool um, sort of Patreon bonus, uh, being able to, you know, set up a private stream inside of Discord. Yeah. But I don't think Twitch will ever do it, because the whole point of Twitch is to broadcast it to the world and not be your private bandwidth dumper for videos. Didn't you once get banned from Twitch by accidentally leaving your stream open for three days? Yes, that is why my Twitch uh, thing is completely <laughs> idiotic, and and it wasn't even um, sending anything. It was it was I was at work, so it was broadcasting either a blank time saver. It was either the screensaver or a blank screen, and then just like music that was playing in iTunes while I was at work. And uh, and so I got busted for copyright violations as a result of that. <laughs> I I need to learn how to turn the stream off. Is is really the lesson? I've always been super paranoid about that. About that, and like I I find it really weird and interesting that like that is not a bigger deal to people in general of like knowing for certain that you're not inadvertently streaming your like private stuff to the internet well, like that's always like something i'm super paranoid about my problem was that obs uh, had configured hotkeys and i kept accidentally hitting the hotkey unknowingly so i would like hit the hotkey <laughs> while checking my email on the way to wor- or before work and uh leave and then it would just go to uh, a blank screen this is back when i had like zero um twitch followers because i never streamed anything right. i i w- we basically used it as a spoiler warning adjunct thing whenever the the mainstream site was down and i was hosting for whatever reason um now i know how to make that set up myself so i can set up my own stream server so i don't need which is the other sad thing if i wanted to set up a private stream it might be easier to just have everyone go to that horrible flash uh i don't even remember the acronym for the codec that it uses but the the video codec that it streams out to everybody oh yeah that that um basic like private RTM yeah the private thing. web server to, to yeah to stream video and that that works that works really well and has only like a two second latency so for something like uh, a jackbox it would be fantastic what you lose is you lose the entire social aspect of like uh the chat room stuff that twitch provides i wonder if that server can actually handle like 50 or 100 people watching it though like that's never been something uh, we've had to test with our true. own private RTMP server or that we've one. only had to go um, up to like five spoiler warning because we've only ever had like five people watching at the same time um, but like I wonder at the scalability of that because that's a lot of bandwidth being used to transfer video when you get up there into like, like 20 30 people and more 
Um, what else we got, Josh? You, you been playing video games? Uh, I kind of got back into Guild Wars 2. Oh my god, me too! Wait, what? Yeah, I'm not even kidding! Oh, we should totally hang out and do stuff. <gasps> okay. I, I have been leveling a new alt. I never actually got to max level in that game, as it turns out. Um, I stopped at, like, Same. level 65. Um, and, like, I guess the grinding was way fucking harder back in the beginning of the game because I checked the age on my character and I pl- spent, like... 200 hours on it um and i was like level 65 and i've got another character that i spent like probably 20 hours on and i'm level 48 now so um like admittedly some of that is from like birthday rewards that gave me scrolls that allowed me to like skip most of like half the levels in the game but there was also a lot of like like playing through it from the beginning and, and doing like normal beginning stuff. So I don't know. Um, I came back to it and like the entire starting experience is totally different. And then like like it looks like the like they redid the starting experience and then redid it again because there's a bunch of stuff that I've been locking on level up that I've already been able to do. Like, oh, you unlocked the ability to use food, and I've been using food since, like, level five. Weird. It's strange. Um, I came as... was... really a weird thing. Like, I, I really bounced off of it a lot in a way that I was not expecting. Like I was super hyped for Guild Wars 2 before it came out and then it came out and I was like, wow, this isn't actually any good. Um, and I mean, a, a significant portion of that was um, that I was a big Guild Wars 1 veteran. So, like, all the changes that they made that weren't Guild Wars 1 were a big deal to me. Like, Guild Wars 1 had a lot of really cool things to it that never got carried over to the sequel. Like, the the freedom that you had in making your build and doing, like, different things is completely gone in Guild Wars 2. Like, it's incomparable. Guild Wars 1 was a, like, card game in RPG form in a lot of ways. You, you had... The ability to bring eight total skills into a particular area... Um, really was an instance because Guild Wars 1 was structured a lot more like Diablo 2's multiplayer than it was like an MMO. Um, so you go out into the world and it'd be a particular instance for you and your party, um, whoever that might be. You might just fill it with a bunch of henchmen, who knows. Um, and uh, you had a particular build of eight skills and those eight skills had some very particular wording that would you know ideally work off of each other to do certain things. Uh, and there were like by the end of the the by the time they stopped making expansions and stuff, there were probably fifteen hundred total skills split between twelve different professions. I think um, so. Like each profession had something like f- one hundred and fifty skills to it. 
Uh, so your whole thing through the game... Oh, and you could pick up a secondary profession and use all of their skills except their specific elite skills, which were super powerful skills that were specific to a particular profession. Um, so you could be like an elementalist, which is a mage, and you could also be a monk, which is a healer, so you could have like big nuking skills and then also skills that were able to heal you or other allies. Um, so the amount of, of build possibilities with that kind of playing field were ridiculously vast. And then the, the meta developed in such a way that was probably completely impossible for the developers of the game to really predict or balance in any meaningful way you know like i was there for a lot of it and there was a lot of like you know attempts at balancing but a lot of the stuff that happened particularly in pvp turned into very weird gimmicky stuff like there was a pretty early build in um uh the Hall of Heroes, which is which was a six v six v six PvP, which was called I Way, which was an abbreviation for the skill I Will Avenge You, which was a skill that gave you bonuses based on how many people were like knocked out in the match. Uh, and basically, all you do is bring a ranger pet, uh, you know, bring a pet like Tiger or whatever get them killed and then use that shout uh i will avenge you to give you a bunch of bonuses and win at everything so you'd have six people with six pets that would immediately die and then use that skill to become super gods and defeat everything and that's like that's a sort of weird like emergent play that doesn't really come out of like world of warcraft so much as it comes out of a situation like magic the gathering like that kind of game and that's why i say that it was a card game more than an rpg really because you had these specific skills and you had the specific hand of skills you could call it of eight skills that you brought into a particular area and that would determine what you could do and those skills could play off each other in various weird ways uh, Guild Wars 2 has none of this whatsoever. This is completely jettisoned. Um, there's no secondary profession. All the the skills are much more World of Warcraft-esque. There is a limit to how many skills you can bring into a fight, which is 10. And the first five of those are determined by your weapons. So you still have kind of a, like, like sword skills for your profession will have a specific kind of thing going for them and mace skills for your profession will have a different set of skills for them and so on so there's sort of a little bit of build variety there but it's not quite it's not at all the same thing as in guild wars one so i walked into guild wars two and like i kind of like obviously i knew this was how they were reinterpreting it but I, i i didn't immediately grasp how different that would make everything and then there was the bit where leveling in the game was just a pain in the ass to do like again i didn't hit max level i don't know what happened to you alex but i figured like like i i got to the point where like the way that you level is by running around maps and doing these things called hearts which are sort of your replacement for normal mmo quests Um, And they're basically like quests tied to an area where you don't have to talk to the quest NPC to activate it, but you just kind of like go around and do stuff. 
Um, but the stuff that you do isn't all that different from normal MMO quests, and it's a lot of, like, kill X number of X kind of things. Um, and that was really boring after a while. See, my problem... So, oh, go ahead, Alex. Oh, I was going to say, I got to about level 40, and I, I guess I thought sort of the same thing. I like the concept of not having to, like, go talk to someone, go to a thing, and then walk back and to hand it in. So you kind of just complete the quest as is. So that's really nice. And people can help, so you don't even need to be in a party. So everybody contributes sometimes to like right, some of those yeah. missions. Um, so I really like that, but I didn't have a lot of friends to play with. I actually didn't, and I don't think I actually ever played with a friend. So that was a big, um, Ooh, that, yeah. you know, problem. Because <laughs> it's not the same, like you completing a quest with random people but they all contribute to it versus like people you are actually talking to yeah i can imagine that would suck a lot of the interesting stuff out of the game even more um i imagine the other thing that helped was the storyline which was crap yeah. like really bad I mean, where, where I it lost all. me was, I, I didn't. I don't usually play MMOs the way people should, the way they're meant to be played. So I'm a bad MMO person in general. Um, bad but, campster. Well, the reason you play MMOs really is kind of like the way we play Destiny, right? Like there's the there's the grind up to the end game, which is sort of just a precursor. Right. Learn all the mechanics, spec your character gather some equipment and then feel good about getting ready to do the end game. And then the end game is team up with a bunch of friends and go tackle the hardest content possible by working together to beat the stuff and get the best loot so that you can go tackle the worst, the, the harder end game stuff and so on and so on. And then they expect you to keep going through the content grind. Um, I don't like doing that. The only game I've ever even come close to doing that with is destiny, which is barely even com considered an MMO. It's really more of a, just a multiplayer shooter. Um, so where 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 Guild Wars Two lost me, I loved the the art style. I loved its off kilter fantasy setting where it was not a traditional Tolkien esque, you know, orcs and goblins and gnomes and elves and humans. It, it's I, I almost the... more like um, fairy tale esque, isn't it? Yeah. I liked all of that. I loved it. The problem is it sold itself as this like story-driven, character-based um, uh, experience. And what I found was like in the opening of the game, you got to choose a couple traits and choose your backstory, and that changed how characters interacted with you, and that was really interesting. And then you would go out into the you know the zones to to do your leveling, and you would end up doing the same little micro quest again and again and again. There's yep. only so many times yep. I can save the apple orchard from the bees or stop the, <laughs> the, the thieves from blowing up the water pipe and, and rebuilding the water pipe and defending the water pipe again and again and again. And y yes, it's more interesting than the standard MMO like, hey, there's wolves over there. Go kill six wolves and bring me six wolves' teeth. Okay, that that's just painfully boring. This was better than that, but... You know, the next area over is level 10. I'm not level 10 yet, and I've already done the bee thing and the water thing. How many times do I have to do this to, to reach the next level and go to the next zone? And the answer was a lot. Um, and I just, at some point, got bored with that. Um, I got bored with the idea of doing the bee thing 30 times and the water thing 30 times before I felt I could move on. 
and that's that's where the game lost me. Um, so I didn't even make it up to like level forty-five or sixty or whatever you guys did. I made it to like level nineteen, and and I kind of pieced out. Again, I'm a bad MMO player. I think it's honestly a diminishing returns thing when it comes to MMOs because I think like the first one you play, you pour a lot into, and then you get burned in some way. Either it's like friend drama, or like you know, just like you're sick of the grinding, or you're frustrated with something. And then, like, you always come back to another MMO or the same MMO, and, like, you have half the patience you did the first time, and then I think it just decreases by half every time you, like, give an MMO a shot again. Because yeah, I did I, not give Guild Wars 2 a try again for much that's longer. That's probably true. Because I, I know I played WoW the same way, where I just basically tried to do the questing and grinding like it was a Diablo game, which, again, not how you're supposed to play MMOs, I get it. Um, but... I got to like level forty-five ish back when the level cap was sixty in the in World of Warcraft, and uh, then never touched the game again. So like that that and that that took like God knows how many hours to just without without any sort of dungeons, without any sort of grouping, manually grinding every single solo quest up to forty-five took forever. Um, so yeah, I I, I think I, my patience for MMOs has dropped precipitously with each subsequent one I've tried. I think the the thing that really stung with Guild Wars 2 was that they kind of heard these complaints from like 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 your complaints campster that like oh it's all grinding up and takes forever um and you know oh you should be able to solo more stuff and and it seemed like they were taking them into account and then like the the game itself had a grind and it, it had a, you know, it, it lost me before I made it to max level. It lost a lot of my friends before they made it to max level. Uh, you know, like, that shouldn't happen in a game that's theoretically, like, t- like the, that is advertising itself as a game with no grind. You know, if there's no grind in it, there shouldn't be a problem making it to max level, and there was. You know, if it doesn't get boring part of the way through, then, like, then why is it getting boring part of the way through? I feel like I've come back to it, and I feel like they've they've addressed this in some ways. Um, it seems like the leveling curve is somewhat more forgiving than it was once upon a time. And like I remember, like back when I first started playing the game, like there there are these like random events, like what you described, Camster, like defend the bees or defend the 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 orchard from the bees. Um, I don't and, remember like, if it was defend, bees, but it was defend something. the. Yeah, and, like, defend the water pipe from the bandits. Those are, like, events. Those would randomly pop up, and they would, like, uh, create temporary changes to the, to the state of the particular world that you're in. You know, like, so so there'd be bits where, like, oh, you got to defend this town. If this town is taken over by centaurs, like, the centaurs will run it for a while, and then you've got to, like, there'll be an event that'll spawn later that'll be, like, go take back the town from the centaurs. Um and like it, it never really created a world that really seemed alive, but it made a world no. that where, um, you know, you could enter into it, and then like periodically, sometimes the world would be in a different configuration from the way it was normally. Um, I, initially, I was surprised I remember... that they, like they didn't do any like 
zone-wide bonuses. Like, if you guys hold this thing from the, the, the guys, yeah. everyone gets a 10% XP bonus. So it's really important that we all go defend the water tower, and if we lose the water tower, let's take it back. That that doesn't happen. It's just sort of like, hey, I spawned into the zone. Which state is the zone in? Defend the water tower from the attackers or take back the water tower. And that's it. Yeah. Like, it's just a, it's a quest state change. It doesn't change... There's no reason to do either task specifically. Yeah. Uh, and that's still not really in the game. There are like world bosses where if you fight them, you get special loot and that kind of stuff. And that's kind of interesting. But there's no like zone-wide bonuses for keeping it in a particular state. But I remember like when I first played the game, I had to go to a fucking website to like track when particular events were running in a zone. Like, these zones are not small. Uh, and it would be like one or two events would be happening in the zone at any particular time. And that was like, you know, so you see so your typical play session, you might run into an event every hour or so, that kind of thing. Um, that's all gone. Events are much, much, much more frequent, um, which is a good thing because they're much more interesting than the random, like, wandering around to, like, static um, heart quest things where you've got to go do particular things in a particular area, and most of them boil down to click on this object and fight someone or just fight someone. Um, So that's made things a lot more, uh, if not interesting, then at least acceptable for uh, just playing through solo or semi-solo. I've been playing a lot with Jareth. We've got, um, we just started up new characters like, two weeks ago and started playing through it. But like there, there is a lot to like in Guild Wars 2. Like the combat system is a lot more interesting than I would say World of Warcraft's is, you know, there's a lot more active stuff to it. Um, the entire game is actually really like, and this is something that the game does not communicate very well at all, but the entire game is largely based around completely avoiding damage rather than like taking it. So, um, like a boss might kill you in three hits, but you have the ability to dodge roll with a particular like endurance resource. So you can't just dodge roll constantly, but you know, if you look at the tells from the boss and see them like about to attack, then you dodge roll and you miss it. And then you didn't lose any of your health at all. Uh, So it's, it's a lot more, reactive than I'd say like typical MMO combat is. Um, There's a lot more, uh, it's a lot more spatial based. There's a lot more movement involved. A lot of the attacks are like specifically like this AOE is going to land in this area and you better get out of the way. It's just a shame that like the initial launch was so crap in so many ways uh, and turned off a lot of people like me. So that was a six-year-old game. Not six-year-old. How, how, how old is Guild Wars 2 at this point? Just celebrated his fifth anniversary like two days ago. So almost almost six years old. Five is almost six. <laughs> five is five-sixths of six. Well, that's like 84% of the way there. It's cool. So what have you been video gaming? I was, I've been playing a little bit of Dauntless. What is Dauntless? Dauntless is um, a sort of like a monster hunter-like for the PC, and it's in alpha right now. Um, 
And it's got one of those Fortnite systems where it's going to be paid and then free later. And apparently that's also been coming a lot of uh, under fire lately, but um, that's besides the point. Um, so yeah, you just have your character and you jump into missions and fight monsters like Monster Hunter style. And you get mats to make different gear and different kinds of weapons. And um, this looks—it's very like simple. Fortnite right? a lot, like Fortnite, but as Monster Hunter. Yeah, it's oddly strange the way as this whole these whole two games have been uh, coming out. I mean, it looks cool. It, it, the combat looks more interesting than uh, Fortnite's is. Uh, a lot of dodge and a lot of melee. I'm having a good time, but it's still too early to say anything. I feel like we should it's probably pretty. revisit Fortnite at some point. I mean, I've been playing it off and on. It's kind of become my my uh, chill game for a little while because it's I'm still at a point where everything is so easy that I just sort of go and like I, grind loot, and that's it. Like all of the in-game combat, like content and combat, I thought was great. I just like. The the out of game user interface was hell on earth. Like I couldn't it's, wrap my head around it. I don't understand. It's what's undeniably going on. terrible, but it gets better once you know what generally it's doing. It, it's just you have to ignore. You have to learn to ignore about eighty percent of it because eighty percent of it doesn't really matter. Like two percent bonuses on skills you use once every ten matches are really not that worth investing emotion into bonuses like those if you're not giving me at least a 10% bonus I don't fucking care I mean in aggregate if you invest enough points it eventually becomes a 10 15 20% bonus but yeah it's it's basically Fortnite has sort of become a chill game for me just because it's like so easy and so relaxing to just like load up a, a pseudo randomized map and be like oh what what crap can i find to let me make the weapons for the sk- things i've found and then when we beat the level i get more scheme- schematics for more things to build and and that's just yeah. a really chill gameplay loop that that is sort of not quite as compulsive as like a diablo but still sort of just vaguely skinner box driven um without really asking for any money which is nice because it's not really i mean you can but you don't have to yeah. Anyway, how is uh, Dauntless? Uh, aside from being very Fortnite esque, I I have never heard of Dauntless. What is Dauntless? Let's let's back it up it's a step. She already said. I just described. It's it's, it's Monster Hunter basically. It's Monster right, Hunter, but a free but to play. Is it like like like? It's not a mod. It's a real company doing this. Like, what? What is yes. its aesthetic? If I it looks look like it Fortnite. up on Google, okay. Like, imagine, imagine Monster Hunter, but with the with an art style that looks very similar to Fortnite. Very flat shaded and, colors. Um... And and like a corollary to this, why have I never heard of it before? Like five minutes ago. Uh. Because it's technically in early access, I imagine. Maybe they've just been again promoting sense. it on the Twitch side of things. That's also seems true. like Me I find Josh... out a lot about a lot of stuff on Twitch because other streamers yeah. are playing it, or they have promotional codes and things. 
Like, that's how I keep getting this stuff. It's also, it looks like it's a new studio that doesn't have anything else. Uh, Phoenix Labs, they haven't released any other games. Um, so it's not like we hear that it's it's a new game by the developers of so-and-so. It's it's a new studio. Also, they're in Vancouver, apparently. Oh, they're more Canadians. Yeah, we're making the good stuff. I think. The, the Phoenix Lab website has portraits and names of all the uh, developers involved. And then, like, under their names are, I guess, their usernames? Which is weird. So you can play with them online. Benj Carson, Asha Banapal, Asha Banapal. I, I see your Asha Paul reference there, what? and I am not impressed. I, Chris I can't call Baba. Baba. <laughs> I heard just saying words and sounds. We're going to quote all of these out of context at some point. <laughs> Lama Dama Dama. Apparently, according to my time scale, we've been going for an hour and 41 seconds. Which will probably get changed with the addition of credits music, but you get the idea. Um, do we want to do any mailbag stuff? Uh, up to you. I'm fine with answering we, questions. We have a certain fan yeah, let's named answer. Chris who keeps sending in questions. Yeah, let's do it. Alright, Dear Spodcast, what long-running franchise have you played the most games in? This email was designed, developed, and produced by a multicultural team of various beliefs, sexual orientations, and gender identities. Uh, and it's not signed, um, but it's from Chris. Oh, that's a, that's a tough one. What's the question me, again? Me, what long-running what franchise? franchise have you played the most games in? And, like, this is like... What does that mean exactly... Well, I've played like, every Grand Theft Auto, which puts puts me at well, with the exception of the British one for the original. So that puts me at seven GTAs. I'm trying to think. Yeah, of like some... is it like the most installments of a franchise, or have you spent the most time playing that franchise, or what? Because I mean, I think long running franchises with the most entries kind of have an unfair advantage here. Um, like I've right. played every Doom and will play like every Doom, but I don't think I've played to Assassin's Creed that Chris. Okay, if I, if I count the bonus Dooms that aren't necessarily included in the Doom canon, I have played Doom, Doom Two, Ultimate Doom, Final Doom, uh, Doom Three, Doom Three BFG Edition, um, Doom Twenty Sixteen. Doom RPG, uh, Doom on the GBA, and Doom 64. So that puts me at 10. So I would say Doom, if you count every one of those iterations. Wait, there was a GBA version of Doom? Yes, it was not great, but it played on the G... No, it was Doom. It was straight up Doom. What? What? Yes. I want to emulate um, this now. Th- this also isn't including ports, because I've played Doom on the SNES, I've played it on DOS, I've played Wind Doom, and I've played um, the PSX Doom. So that could put wow. me up in like 14, depending on where you count Doom iterations. But again, that's unfair, because Doom has been ported to every freaking console under the sun, so like other games don't really stand a chance in comparison. Like, if we count re-releases... I guess it's Command and Conquer because it's been re-released so many fucking times. Like there's the normal, the original releases of all the Command and Conquer games, and then there's the first decade which had all the Command and Conquer games 
minus like the second wave Command and Conquer games, and then there's like the second wave Command and Conquer games, and then there's like all the re-releases that they had on Origin and the Origin Access stuff. And, like, there's already, like, ten fucking Command & Conquer games to begin with, so probably Command & Conquer for me, but, like, that's a weird thing, because that's not my, like, favorite franchise or something that I particularly associate as, like, super integral to my gaming identity. I mean, I I don't want to discount them entirely, but... I'm surprised neither of you said Final Fantasy. Oh, that's no, definitely I'm... the easy answer for me. I have completed I have no... exactly one Final Fantasy game, and that is 15. So... I have completed oh my zero God. Final Fantasy. How could you only complete 15? I almost finished 13, but I got bored. Oh my God, Josh. Um, I played like one hour of 7, and that's like the entire experience I've had with the Final Fantasy franchise. Oh my God. I can't. I don't even. <laughs> okay, but how, what? So, how many of the Final Fantasies have you played? Out of all of them. Um, out of all of them, well, it's better to say the ones I haven't played, and okay. I haven't completed Mystic Quest and the Second Tactics Advance and the Decisia and Final Fantasy VII. And then the rest you of them I've... finished Final Fantasy VII? Yeah, well, it's not good. But everybody says it's the best Final Fantasy, except for the people who say six is the best Final Fantasy, and those weird people who say 12 is the best I, Final I've Fantasy. I've heard 9, I've heard 12, I've heard Lightning, I've heard 15, I've heard lots of Final Fantasies are the best. I'm not saying it's the worst 7, but I think it's a little overrated. I think it's a little overrated. Unfortunately, I think early PS1 games also date horribly. Is that a specific jab at Tony Hawk? No, but, like, there's some things... Well, there's certain games where, like, the technology of the time, I think, affects a little bit more than others. Yeah. So, I may have to change my... Oh, go ahead. Well, I never owned a PlayStation prior to the PS3, and I only bought the PS3 after the PS4 came out. So, um, as far as Sony goes, I'm not, like... Like, I didn't have the opportunity to play most of the Final Fantasy games, so... eh. And, like, I was not involved in consoles at all during the, like, the NES, SNES... uh, situation i only got involved like 98 and onwards from there so like my opportunity to play final fantasy games has been significantly limited by the hardware that i have had available i just i i just can't get into final fantasy games because i know i'm sitting down for like a 60 hour ride i just i can't do it I think it helped that I beat most of them when I was an angsty teenager, and that seems to be the target audience for those games for a lot of the things, and you just maybe have more patience back then, because you had time to think about deep things. No, I had the opposite of patience. I was playing first-person shooters in Doom. I I just couldn't sit down and play a 60-hour game. I feel like when would you ever sit down and... 
be angsty? When did you make time for that? Oh, every every single time I was playing Doom, I was blaring like corn music and and teenage fourteen year old <laughs> lame things that I totally disavow now. But and then, oh like, my god, and then you I, went I, have vi- I have and came up with the username I have... carrot carrot protector carrot carrot. I have vivid memories of listening to, like, Hellbilly Deluxe blasting at volumes that would make my ears bleed now as an adult while playing Half-Life Deathmatch. Like, that that was me in the late 90s. That is the sad person I was. Well, I liked RPGs back when they were cool. Um, I played Fallout. I, I that think... was my RPG. That's not your grandfather's RPG, I tell you that much. I think I, I think age has a significant factor here because, like... I've gotten to the point recently where I don't, I a don't give a shit if games have, uh, like you know, if games are boasting a really long, like oh, a hundred hours of content, and b actually don't want them to. Um, you know, we we played Knights of the Old Republic for spoiler warning a couple of years back, and like finishing that game was fucking hell. I just wanted it to end after a while and and there was an element of like I'd rather have like all of this story content. You know, give me give me all the sugary sweetness without any of the fucking filler and go for it. Um and not create a bunch of like random fucking filler quest stuff. And I've kind of had that outlook towards RPGs for the past couple of years, you know. I'll, I I have played so really long RPGs, but, um, it's, you know, I, I'm always thinking with those RPGs, like, man, I wish this ended 10 hours ago. I wish this ended 20 hours ago. Why is it still going? Oh my God. Um, so upon further reflection while we've been talking, I think I have to change my answer away from Doom, technically. Um, I realized it depends on how you count what a franchise is, but if you count the mainline platforming Mario games as a franchise, that probably wins out for me. Because I have played Mario, Mario 2, Mario 3, Super Mario, Yoshi's Island, Mario 64, Mario Galaxy, Mario Galaxy 2, it's Mario Sunshine, Super Mario 3DS, New Super Mario Brothers, New Super Mario Brothers Wii U, Mario Maker, and the original Super Mario Brothers that were the non-Super Mario Brothers game. Um, and that puts me up at 14, which is like four more than I had for Doom. Um, and that doesn't count Mario Kart, Mario Sports Games, Mario Paper, or Paper Mario, Mario RPG, uh, Donkey Kong, whether that counts as a Mario game or not. Um, I've played a lot of games with Mario in it. I didn't even but again, think about that. But again, that seems that. unfair. Yeah. Because yeah. I think that would be my answer then, too. Mario Party. Mario oh, teaches Mario typing. Mario Party does not fucking count. Mario is Mario missing. Mario teaches typing. The, neither do those. Hotel Mario. What the fuck Strip even is that? Mario. That's not a real thing. Fan games count. Mario Night at the Inventory 3. Oh man, or I would totally buy a Mario poker game. That would be really good. It's just the bonus level for Mario 3. 
I did get annoyed how the poker. winning strategy for poker night at the inventory was just to basically fold every hand unless you had like pocket kings and then you would win. That's called poker. I guess. Um, do we want to do another question or is this it? Sure. I'm good. I'm I'm up for whatever. Um okay. Let's see here. Uh, dear spoiler warning podcast, what have, what are some of your favorite protagonists in gaming? I'd suggest male, female, silent character, character creator, created, and other for the categories if you want some guidelines. Love, Christopher Nolan. Oh my god. Hmm. This is tough. You guys go. I'll think. Um, I can't just pick one. I can't right? pick any. Pick... So... Oh, a great character. Um, Dante from Devil May Cry. Oh my god. We're talking like the original Devil May Cries? Or like yeah, the like the original Dante. Afterwards. You're the first three Dantes, which is the same one. Because he has the pizza in the third one. I don't know what that means. Third one. Like, he does tricks with pizza and stuff with his pistol. He's really cool, and, like, he just doesn't give a shit about demons. Which is, I guess, sort of like Bayonetta, who I also think is a very good character. Geralt is fun. Um, But then I've read the books, so I have probably a different idea of Geralt in my head than most people. Like, better or worse? Uh, the books are better, good at developing probably. him. Um, the the games are odd because uh, by the time of the novels and the, there were there were like two short story collections. The short stories were originally published in like you know serial magazines. Uh, the two short story collections. Geralt is the protagonist, but by the time of the novels and there are five novels, like Siri is the protagonist of all the novels. So Geralt is kind of this like Obi Wan figure in the novels versus Siri, who is the real protagonist. Uh, and the games are 100% Geralt. So like, does, does Geralt count if we're only talking video games? I don't know. That said, all the Witcher games are pretty good. Yeah. So what was the question again? Reframe the question. Cause I'm trying to think of an answer. What are your favorite protagonists? Oh, this is so hard. The problem is I can't think of a lot of good protagonists because most of the games I really like are basically using the protagonist or the player character as a cipher for the player. Like, I can't say, like, J.C. Denton because J.C. Denton is almost not a character. He's just a blank-faced, stoic cipher for the player. Um, I feel like Adam Jensen is more of a character than J.C. Denton. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. I do like Um, Adam Jensen. I liked him more in the first game than the second game, though, so... Or rather, Deus Ex Man or Human Revolution more than Mankind Divided. Uh, I guess if I, if I had to name some characters just off the top of my head that I like, I can't say that these are my favorites forever. But just thinking, I really like Geralt or not Geralt. Uh, damn it, Josh, you, you ruined my Gerald. brain. Um, no, um, Geralt from Thief. I, I like Garrett. Uh, Garrett is a cool character. I like him. He is. He is. 
I like what he does. I like I like the way he's portrayed. I like his. I, I like Garrett. Um, also, Lee okay, Everett is pretty something. cool. Let me okay. ask you something real fast. Okay, uh, alternate universe. Garrett is not voiced by Stephen Russell. Do you still like Garrett? If it's a similar-ish performance, probably. I mean, I would have grown up with that performance instead. I'm assuming this is an alternate timeline where I grew up with something similar. And as long as it's it's a gravelly-voiced man talking seriously about stuff. Like, okay, I, I can oh, deal I with see. that. As long as it's not some guy doing like, I'm gonna steal your <laughs> shit! Gonna, as long as that's not Garrett, yeah. Oh my god. Um... Uh, also, I kind of like Delilah. Well, that's not a protagonist, but Delilah from Firewatch is cool. Um, see, I'm really bad at thinking Oh, I of, thought you were talking about Delilah from Dishonored. No, no, that's a different Delilah, and that's not a cool character. I mean, she's a cool character, but she's evil. Um, Billy Lurk, actually, is going to be pretty cool when she's a protagonist in the upcoming DLC. Yeah, like that's in, like, three weeks. So, that, that's a short list of people I can name as, as protagonists I like. Um, this is a hard question. I liked Emily in Dishonored too. Not to get too overly topical here, uh, but I feel like the the Dishonored two story really worked well with Emily and having her as a voice protagonist who pontificates about things was a cool thing and a cool departure from like the original Dishonored. Sort of like, oh, Corvo is this super silent protagonist, a.k.a. Half-Life. I'm going to steal Sokolov's beard. That Just would thoughts be that occurred really to me. funny thing to say. <laughs> is it weird for me to say that I really like Jags from Contradiction? Spot the Liar, the FMV murder mystery game. Oh, man, he's the or is best that too, video like, game movie. character. He's no, very FMV games good. count. He's okay, good because so it's more like the action. So good and so above board. Have you ever heard of this? Holds up his fingers in a devil pose, <laughs> and then he like definitely steals things from people's cars and then <laughs> lies and says he found it on the ground. And then he slaps that kid and says, police brutality, huh? Oh, so good. He deserved it, though, because he's part of a cult. Is that game getting, like, a sequel or something? I heard some rumblings about it. Like, cause they, well, they kickstarted the of, first ones. They could kickstart another one. They ran out of money, or, like, the one of the stars that was the main villain couldn't do some stuff. So the game kind of ended on this weird non-climax. Really? Yeah, I th- I think they were going to go for more closure originally. They did close a lot of details in like a sort of voiceover collage sort of yeah. slideshow thing. So I could see that. Anyway, this has been the Spodcast. Thanks for tuning in. Sorry about all the fast food talk. Um, I'm so hungry. Spoiler warning this week. We're not really filling up to recording stuff after right now. You can blame Camster for this because Camster is the easiest person to blame.
I mean, it's twelve thirty on a Sunday, or I guess Monday morning at this point. And I have work, but we could. I don't know. Well, I'll, maybe I'll record myself playing an indie game, and and like I'll pull a Rutzkar in and just upload something. But well, it's not going to be something scary. It's going to be something do... adorable. He told us he was going to upload something, but he didn't say what. Well, I was just going to. You should play the cutest like game. Old stream archives. But yes, you should play cute games. Yeah, or dating sims only. Also, we really do need to get together next week uh, on the next podcast and. Uh, talk about what we played from the GOG pinata sale. Oh, oh yeah, man. that's a thing that I forgot to, definitely forgot to do and didn't intentionally set aside and not do in the hopes that nobody would remember it. I mean, I, I played mine, I'm just saying. weird potato clicker game. I got Bombshell, and I played Bombshell, and you heard my horror stories about how bad I Bombshell did. is. I was there, I listened to him. Maybe I'll so stream I... the opening of Bombshell. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Alex. God. Oh, I won't be here, I don't think, for the next... Um, maybe not the next week, but then the definitely the next two weeks. It's not TwitchCon yet. No, I'm going to the Netherlands. Oh, oh cool. you're going to hang out with Dutch people. That are cooler than yeah. us. Well, Jareth. Really? Wait, will Jareth actually be there? I don't know. He lives in like something. He lives in some town. I didn't know that. Yeah, he's Dutch. Oh. As heck. Anyway. Well, have fun in the Netherlands. Thanks. Enjoy Europe. Bring back some wooden clogs. Yep, and that's about it. Because you can't take weed across the border. Damn it. Damn it. Is weed legal in Canada yet? Nope. That's weird. Wait, even in parts of Canada? Like the weird thing it is in the U.S.? No, it's different how it works here. That's weird. It's different. I don't like different. It, it is pretty different. They're working on the legislation. Hell no. Yeah, it's legal here. And even before it was legal here, it was super easy to get a medical license to like the extent that there were like billboards on the highway that were like, hey, sign up for a fucking medical marijuana license. It's cool. Wow. Vegas don't give no fucks. Anyway, um, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. On that, on that weirdly abrupt note. Yeah, on that weirdly <laughs> appropriate note. Goodbye, everybody. Hope you tune in next week. Come to Vegas and get your weed. Good night, everybody. Yeah. Oh, this we were still recording? By the... Yes. Oh. Yeah. This isn't sponsored by <laughs> Big Leaf. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs>